0: And you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church Indy, and I'm your guest host again this week, Nathan Kingsley, and I'm here with Pastor Joey. Hey everybody. So we're in our series on Philippians, and on Sunday, Joey taught on Philippians 2, 19-30. haven't had a chance to listen to his sermon yet, uh, titled The Low Road. Pause this podcast, scroll up or down in your corresponding podcast app, and listen now. You can also find the video and corresponding sermon discussion questions up on our website, faithchurchindy.com. Now, Joey, on Sunday, you preached on the low road. Could you take a minute or so to just kind of tell us uh, a little bit about what you meant by that and summarize uh, maybe why you called it the low road?
1: That's a great question because I can't remember why. I uh, I titled it like a week and a half before I preached it based on my first run through of the, the passage. Not my first run through, but after studying it for a couple hours. And I guess it, at the time it occurred to me, you know— um, Epaphroditus had traveled Timothy was going to travel So there was the travelogue narrative Itinerary mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. in there um, And both guys were, were doing what Jesus did in different ways The mind of Christ, the life of Christ uh, And taking the low road And probably in the back of my mind was that song You know, you take the high road, I'll take the low road uh, So I, I Originally I think I was going to tie in some stuff about uh, The humility it takes to walk that road And ultimately the Sermon didn't go that direction, so whatever the title means to you Mm, is what it means. That's a dangerous thing to say. Well, it's a title.
0: So mostly it's the idea that, you know, these other people that Paul's talking about who are seeking their own interests, Timothy seeking the interests of others Mm -hmm. with the mind of Christ is the low road, not taking the high road.
1: Exactly. And Epaphroditus being willing to give everything for the work of Christ is also the low road. Yeah, that makes sense. I have a thing about titles. I don't want it to be obvious what the title means like the title shouldn't be a lack of imagination or something like that i mean that would have tied really directly to what i was talking about but or you could have like titled
0: your sermon have the mind and life of christ but that's that's a little too on the nose too on the nose gotcha yeah. well that's good to know so now people are going to be reading your sermon titles and be trying to guess mm, what, what, that you, what what are you actually going to be preaching about
1: yeah now i'm wondering what on the nose actually means and did i use it correctly oh uh, well
0: hmm. we'll find out later so, uh, Joey, can you tell us one thing that you needed to leave out on Sunday during
1: your sermon because you were cut for time? On the knowns means unimaginative, overliteral, or lacking nuance. Yeah. Actually, yeah, there's some stuff that I cut, cut for time. There, was, there is quite a bit in this passage about anxiety that I didn't talk about, uh, and instead Jeff is going to cover when we get to chapter 4. Uh, you know, chapter 4, verse verse 6, uh, says, Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Right? And that's like a sometimes used as a defeater verse for anyone who's worried about anything. It's like, why are you being anxious? Don't you know? I mean, Jesus says, cast all your cares on him. He cares for you, right? That's the same word for anxious. Um, I think the Greek word is merimnao or something like that. I'm, I'm sure that was very edifying to know that. Uh, but when, um, when Paul talks about Timothy in verse 20, chapter 2, verse 20, he will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. It's the same word, anxious. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm sending Timothy because he's anxious for you. And then uh, further on in Epaphroditus, when he talks about Epaphroditus being distressed, um, that's a word sometimes translated anxious, but it's a word that comes from being weighed down. Like he's, he's mentally weighed down by his concern for you. And then later when Paul says um, in, where is it, verse uh, 28, I'm, I'm eager to send Epaphroditus that you may rejoice and that I may be less anxious the ESV translators chose to translate it less anxious. Uh, the word behind it means something like free from pain or mental anguish. So what, what I thought was really interesting what was going on here is we've got the same guy who's admitting that he's anxious, that he's sending Timothy because uh, Timothy's anxiety is an asset, uh, and that Epaphroditus himself is distressed and weighed down by thinking about other people. And you know, part of what occurred to me is that If we are going to be people who have the mind of Christ and the life of Christ who take on the character of Jesus and the character of God, that comes with it a certain amount of sanctified anxiety, I think. Um, If we are going to be like God, upon whom we are supposed to cast our cares because he cares for us, then uh, you know, upon whom we cast our anxieties because he's anxious for us, then um, I think caring for other people is going to bring with it some of that sense of anxiety. Now, the the Greek words behind this have all of the broad range of use nuance that our word anxiety does. I mean, we may say like, hey, I'm anxious, meaning I'm anticipating a a poor result. I'm anxious about my test results. Or we may say, I'm anxious for my friends to get here because we're excited that they're coming. Mm -hmm. Or we may be talking about anxiety as an ongoing, chronic sense of being unduly concerned with future things you can't control. Gotcha. Right. So we talk about anxiety in a broad range. Scripture uses one word or multiple words to talk about anxiety. But even within the one main word, there's that broad range of usage. But what I found fascinating here, and Jeff's going to dig into more in a couple of weeks, is Paul takes specific, tangible action to decrease anxiety Mm. In himself, he sends people, he communicates information, he tries to uh, do act, you know, like actual actions, tangible things to alleviate anxiety. he doesn't just pray it away. Mm. So the same guy who in chapter four, verse six tells us to you know, do not be anxious about anything, or maybe a better uh, translation, given our use of the word anxiety, anxiety would be something like don't be inappropriately concerned or unduly concerned for things, but instead by prayer and supplication, make your request Mm -hmm. known to God. Um, So the same guy who tells us to pray about our anxieties is also in chapter two, taking tangible action to relieve anxieties. I don't, I think that's important, but we didn't have time for it this week. But I think that's important because of our tendency to, to judge anyone who does tangible things to take care of anxiety in their own lives because we think they're just not praying enough or they're not trusting enough. Mm -hmm. So he's not saying
0: don't care about anything, but rather there are things worth caring about. He cares about things. Right. And it's in a sense, good to care about the things that matter to God. Right. But don't be unduly, uh, or don't,
1: care. (laughs) Don't care too much. Yeah, don't care too much or Or to the point where you're more care on yourself is appropriate for you, being a human being with limited knowledge and power. Don't give things an undue amount of care that Mm -hmm. don't need it. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. (laughs) No, and and that's good. That's what we want to try to get across in a couple of weeks, too. I mean, right, so Jesus says, um, who by by caring, who by anxiety, who by anxiousness can add a day to their life? Yeah. No one. Right. Um, Who, by being unduly concerned or inappropriately concerned with the future, can actually change it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: No one. But who, by being appropriately concerned about the things that they can make a difference in, like, that's good. Yeah. So
0: appropriate concern, is that kind of what you meant when you said earlier a sanctified anxiety? Yeah.
1: And sanctified anxiety is a that could be a a loaded phrase. Yes. Very. That's why I was asking you to define it. Great question. (laughs) Um, So sanctified anxiety, if we mean anxiety in a good sense of being appropriately concerned for the things that God has put within our power to, to change or even just to pray about and, and, Maybe where we'll we'll have to talk about, and I don't want to steal too much from Jeff's sermon, A, because I haven't studied the passage well enough to uh, even steal things, and, and B, because he gets to preach it, not me. Um, we should—I I think prayer is one of the ways that we express the concern that we have about things. So don't be inappropriately— Concerned, which leads to a lack of action, be appropriately concerned, which leads to prayerful action, or at mm. least prayer. Mm. That's good, even if that's the only action yeah. we can take. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, this is a such a human letter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a it's a real person talking about real people, talking to a real church with real issues, and that really comes through. In two, nineteen through thirty, and unfortunately, we just didn't have time to dig into all that conversation around anxiety and and concern and care and the good versions of care and bad versions of care and what Paul actually does. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we go,
0: uh, was there a joke or illustration or personal story that you also had to cut for time uh, because you didn't have the space to fit it in? Uh, What were your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, there was no lack of examples of, you know, us wanting to change ourselves and me wanting to change myself because I was captured by, you know, my imagination was captured by some image. So one illustration that I cut was just talking about a TV show that Jen and I, my wife and I had really gotten into a couple of years ago with Mm. this kind of gruff, um, gruff sheriff of a rural county out in Wyoming who, um, you know, stuffed his feelings and rarely talked and didn't need a cell phone. And man, I wanted to buy cowboy boots and a cowboy hat and throw away mm-hmm. my phone and like move to the mountains watching that show. I was like, that looks like the life for me. You could have included that
0: illustration and dressed on Sunday in cowboy boots, and I think that would have been rather effective. Just boots? Oh and a cowboy and hat. A hat. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Yeah. See, this is why we should have these conversations before I preach.
0: Oh, that's true. Well, that is all the time we have for today's episode of Cut for Time. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a few, uh, take a few seconds to leave a review. Uh, and as we get reviews, it makes the podcast more accessible and visible to others searching for
1: our content
0: and our church. So,
1: Joey, it's time for your sign off. You know, uh, I was thinking about this uh, podcast we just recorded, and I would say not great, but not terrible. Solid B minus. Solid B minus.
0: Till next time.
1: I was just trying to make you laugh. (laughs) I was waiting for you to be like, I'm Nathan. (laughs) I'm Nathan? (laughs) Till next time. All right. Well, that was good. It was good.
0: I really hate the feeling of like I'm trying to listen but I'm also like trying to figure out a follow-up question, which in normal conversation you're not like analyzing everything I'm like, Oh man, what am I
1: gonna say? What am I gonna say next? uh, I I I don't wanna mess it
0: up.